Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Something I for sure love having in my home is super clean countertops. And I love when it smells good too. So you can bring the vacation vibes to your home with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy with a refreshing scent that'll transform your space into a tropical island retreat and give you a powerful clean. No plane ticket required. Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox Sentiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, thing. Tight, tighten up your core, thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Happy Thursday, Four Things fam. I am very excited to have my friend Lacey Johnson back on. She has been on the podcast before, and she's a mental health and empowerment journalist. And she's back this time to talk specifically about social media. And Lacey, I know you've done a ton of research when it comes to this and written articles about social media and the impact that it's having on us. But I just got back from a week vacation where I took a complete break, wasn't on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anything. And so why is it important for us to do that from time to time? Let's start there. There is so much in that that we can really dive deeply into. But I will say for one thing, and this is just right off the bat, when we're on social media and we're engaging, we are having more information, more content, more ideas hurled at us than humans have ever been able to handle in history. I mean, in our digital age in general, we are, humans are being asked 
to hold inf more information than our brains have ever been asked to hold. And so a lot of what's happening is our brains cannot process this information. We actually have something which I'm sure a lot of people listening are familiar with the reticular activating system, which sits, sits in your brain stem. And it's responsible for sort of organizing, controlling, filtering, and manipulating the parameters of the information that you take in sort of prioritizing the information that you take in based upon what you're programmed to need to see in that moment, what you're programmed to notice. And when you're on social media, there's a lack of deep thinking and a lack of deep connection. So it's a shadow of connections, this illusion that you're connecting with all these people, but your brain can't possibly make that many in-depth connections. And so it's actually leaves you feeling more isolated and lonelier than ever a lot of the time. And it's actually really, really bad for your brain. There's a lot of studies that suggest, well, the neuroscientists absolutely have determined that mindless scrolling and tons of just like mindless consumption actually causes accelerated aging in the brain because it doesn't help your brain fitness that you need that you need deeper thought to keep your brain firing properly. So is social media problem in general or is it is it okay within boundaries? It's totally okay. I actually I had a really great conversation with my friend Dr. Kevin Gilliland He's brilliant, but I don't know why when I gave birth to my daughter three years ago, well, I actually, I do know why I was immersed in this two month long of just nothing. I was at home breastfeeding, diaper changing and on social media. That was, that was my socialization at the time. And so I was on social media more than ever before. And I was kind of at that, at the end of the two month mark, I was kind of itching to get back to work. And so I pitched an idea to an editor, one of my editors at pop sugar and said, you know, I want to have a conversation. I want to do some research and I want to have a conversation with an expert on, on the link between anxiety and depression and social media use. Now, mind you, this was pre pandemic. So a lot has happened since then, which we'll talk about, but at that time, it's suicide in young people had already roared to a historic high. I mean, 10 years ago, we were at the lowest for suicide. And now our country is like the, the highest for suicide, especially for young people. And so I was on social media a lot, but I was also having a lot of time to research and be like, what, you know, what kind of topic am I going to take on next? And so that was my first story that I did after having my baby. And one thing that he really emphasized and this is so true, is that social media is essentially neutral. If you think about it, like shopping isn't innately bad. Food isn't bad. Sex isn't bad, but it can be harmful to a certain person to, if they come to that experience with a certain vulnerability, a certain trauma, a certain lack of ability to um, process something, poor conditioning, you know, poor self-esteem. So Social media is not innately bad. There's actually been a lot of positive things, but because of the addictive component and because we're all coming to social media with our own, you know, cognitive distortions, our own traumas, our own insecurities, our own expectations, and other people can't read our minds, there's a lot of room for error. There's also a lot of room for dehumanizing others because it's so easy to hide behind screens. Just this morning, prior to our, when I was preparing for a conversation, 
I was responding to a couple of questions on Facebook. Somebody pointed me to this group that I'm a member of and like, because I'm doing a, a women's health related story. And she said, you need to, you should look at this. And I know it'd be good for your, for your, your research right now. And so I went, I was, and I just noticed there were all these women who were just totally attacking this fitness expert and trainer's character and making up all these stories about her from behind a screen that I highly doubt they would ever say to her face and probably wouldn't even necessarily think if, if it were in the moment, you know what I mean? So social media, to answer your question in a very long winded way, <laughs> social media is not bad, but it's, it's not the problem with social media. It's the kind of power you're giving it. Are you using it as a means, as a means to escape real living? Are you using as an escape? Are you using it as a, to avoid in the flesh conversations, maybe an uncomfortable conversation you want to have with somebody? Are you, have you had a lot of trauma around relationships? Maybe you've had your heart broken, you've gone through bad breakups. And so you're afraid to put yourself out there and, and meet other people. So you're sort of not on a conscious level, trying to give yourself this, this shadow of connection on social media. And it's and, and you're, you're avoiding having real rich, deeper conversations. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that, you know, connection is super important for us. That's what we need, connection. And some of us, given certain life circumstances, aren't as good at it, or we might have to work through some things before we're able to truly connect with people. So I could see where if you are in a a place where connection is more difficult for you, you try to seek it online, but ultimately that's not going to be as fulfilling. That is so true. And listen, I want to be really clear to everyone listening. Anything that I'm saying, I don't want like to add to anyone's shame around social media, any activity, you know, there's, we're all humans. It is not easy to be a human on this earth. And we're here all doing the best that we can and, and working, fumbling with the traumas that we have. And, you know, so yes, if you are a person who struggles with that, there's no shame if you have found yourself going to social media and using it as a means of escape, or if if you had some dysfunctional habits or some addiction to validation and attention seeking behavior online, there's no shame around that, but we're having this conversation, not to shame anybody, but to empower you with information and tools so that you can take that into your experience and have a healthier experience with social media. Yeah. And then in a healthier, I think experience too, with true connection, like, and what that that looks like. Because I think I use social media or have in the past to avoid a number of things. But also you mentioned validation. And that's so true. Like so many times I've been guilty of it, even though I know like why I don't know some of these people. Why do I care what in the world they're saying about me? Yeah. Social media for me, I've gotten a lot better at it, but I used to freak out about my captions and what I was going to say and how are they going to read it? And I don't know why I couldn't just type the first thing that came to my head and just leave it at that and walk away. Posting was very stressful for me because I made it stressful because I was so worried about what other people were going to think or see or say based on what I put up. So I think that too was a sign to me, like something's got to switch here. Like I'm giving this too much power. God, I love your transparency. Thank you so much for that. Two things I want to say is, because you were sort of talking about the rejection and your anxiety around that and wanting to give your followers, you know, not wanting to anyone to reject what you're saying or, or being caught up in that. 
you know, from an evolutionary standpoint, we're biologically wired to be in connection. That is how we survived by, by, you know what I mean? Being in community We're we're biologically wired. So it is normal as a human on this earth to have a physical response and fear around rejection because, you know, our ancestors wouldn't survive if they were rejected. That's how they were able to eat. That's how they were able to find a mate and procreate. You know what I mean? So it's, it's ingrained in us to want to be accepted by other people. But again, this is just about understanding that we're now in a very different age and it has really changed the way we form relationships. And it's really changed just a lot of dynamics, how we view ourselves, how we view the world, how we interact with the world, how we collaborate with the world. And so it's, it's knowing that if you have that anxiety, when you go to post and you fear that rejection and you get caught up in that just know that that is a normal response. It is honestly a part of your evolution uh, in terms of, of your survival. But again, we just need to have these tools and how to interact in a better way, in a healthier way that empowers our lives and serves our lives, doesn't disempower it. Before I got into the anxiety around it, I think I was saying too, I would avoid sometimes true connection. I would opt for the screen versus mm-hmm. human interaction because that was some stuff I had to work through personally. And yeah. I have done a lot of work in the last oh, year and a half or so, sort of forced upon me by other life circumstances, but I couldn't be more thankful for it because it it gave me the push I needed to just get in there and dig deep. And I realized I've missed out on true connection a lot of my life because I didn't know how and I could get into all the <laughs> things yeah. from my past that led up to that. But I didn't even realize until I had close friends that were able to speak into me and be honest and say, you know, I guess in a nutshell, they were they were longer conversations than this. But in a nutshell, like I don't really feel like you care or that connected to you, yeah. and that stung. But I'm thankful that you know friends and family were able to say that because it allowed me to do the work to where I am trying to connect more in actual interaction and creating those moments. And so anyway, all that to say, I think whatever you have going on, maybe you're okay with connecting with people and you don't have a fear of rejection, even face like humans leaving you, like mm-hmm. actual humans in your life, not humans online. Yes. But maybe it's something else, but we can often, I think, you know, I try to think of when I joined Twitter, 2011, maybe, so social media has been, and then Facebook even way before that. So social media has been a part of our life for 20 years or so. And I have in those, especially in the last 10 years, leaned on it heavily to avoid, to avoid, to avoid, to avoid. No, but then, yes, yeah. and then it just added more anxiety. And, you know, when I have shut down from social media and I have been intentional, my cup is so much more full. And so I'm just thankful that, yeah, you're speaking to the power that we give it because I was doing that. It's like social media wasn't doing it to me. I was allowing it. Yes. Yes. We have to remember that we have the power to govern ourselves, which kind of brings me to my next point, which is that your screen time, your social media time should inspire your life. It should pull you further into living. It should increase your zest for for living. It shouldn't diminish your self-worth. It shouldn't devour your life. It shouldn't consume your life. It shouldn't take you away from living. 
And, you know, one of the biggest struggles for social media, well, that I've gotten feedback, actually there's two, there's a lot of insecurity and a lot of, it's caused a lot of issues in relationships. Uh, I've put out a lot of content over the years on social media. And one thing that I've consistently heard from people is their struggle with feeling like they're not supported by people in their lives on social media. There's a funny meme that was circulating. I don't know if you've seen it on Instagram. It's no one supports you like a social media friend you've never met. Have you ever seen that? No, <laughs> but I can, I can resonate with right? this. Yeah. And in response to that, I wrote a, this blog post with really cheeky blog post. Maybe it's the algorithm. Maybe you need new friends that a lot of people just really resonated with, but but I'm just exploring how, again, we bring a lot of our cognitive distortions, our sort of insecurities, our all or nothing thinking to all of our interactions in social media. So it's really easy to be like, oh, I noticed that person's supporting her launch. Oh, she's supporting her podcast. Oh, they're liking all of her posts. She never comments on my posts, you know, things like that. And that can create a lot of insecurity and dysfunction. And then there's also the element of comparison, which is really dysfunctional because you're basically getting, when you're on social media, you're getting like a, a window seat into someone's life. There's very little, there's a world of context that you're not getting. There's backstory. There's a whole lifetime of conditionings and traumas and things that people are fumbling with and, and struggling with behind the scenes. And comparison is really something that most everyone struggles with. In fact, there was a study that in this study, it was like, they were ages 15 to 37. It was a group of a minute, um, people, I think male and female, 15 to 37. And I think up to, I think 81% confessed to struggling with comparison during social media when they're on social media. All right. So I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14 karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, this just seems too good to be true. Well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories and they cut out the cost of the middleman and they pass the savings on to us. So we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this open knit cover up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton, and it's $49.90. It could retail for $148. So that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. Ah, uh, summer, the best time of the year. Usually it doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices and vacation disappears quicker than ice cream melts. But what if summer doesn't have to come with a scorching price tag? What if there's another way? With Ikea, your plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. 
From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Dreamy getaways can mean the perfect reading nook right outside your window, picnic in the shade, or taking your morning coffee to meet the morning sun. Really, any meal tastes better outside. Create that summer escape for family and friends and start planning a better, more affordable summer right now. You can be the host with the most and the least worries. This summer, make your doorstep the perfect vacation destination with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. A friend was over for dinner the other day and, you know, we were just making conversation around the table, asking questions. And this friend said to my daughter, like, hey, what's something that makes your mom happy? And her response without missing a beat was clean countertops. Wiping down the countertops is a simple way for me to reset, especially when the smell is just right. And by smell, I'm talking about coconut. Coconut scented Clorox Sentiva is my go-to. And I personally love that she answered that without hesitation. That means she knows me well, and that's really special. And of course, yeah, I do love clean countertops. I love wiping them down. I will always choose the smell of coconut over anything. I don't know what scent matches your vibe, but there's coconut, there's grapefruit, there's lavender. And again, for me, it's always going to be coconut. My kitchen smells like a little tropical vacation when I use it. And I love that with Clorox, I know I'm getting a really good clean as well. So it's a powerful clean and a refreshing scent. Clorox Sentiva cleans like Clorox and feels like confidence. You can get yours now at a retail store near you. Well, a couple of things have stuck out to me for sure. And the comparison one, I just was having a conversation with a friend that was going through something. And my first thought was, I had no idea your social media looks so happy. I would never have in a million years guessed this was going on. And so that to me was a huge red flag of like, oh yeah, duh. I know that I know this. Social media is not a full representation. That could be an accurate representation for her of those happy moments in her life, but she doesn't owe anybody anything to document every single detail of what is going on. And I actually shouldn't rely on social media to tell me that. But then also I've been guilty of the is this person mad at me? They haven't commented or liked any of my posts, but yes, I will see them doing it to other friends. And there's nothing that takes you back to third grade at 41 (laughs) years old, like having that moment. And it's like, why again, like you said, that's just me giving social media power and creating a lie in my head that probably has nothing to do with that friend and my relationship and where we are. And if we're, if she's mad at me or not, So how can we allow our screen time to inspire us? Like you were saying, like, and not devour us. (laughs) For one thing, 
we need to just with, this is with life in general, we need to understand that it is our responsibility to take care of our own well-being. It is our responsibility to keep ourselves happy. And just like we, we, you know, practice daily hygiene, we brush our teeth, we take a shower or a bath, we wash our hair. We need to practice mental hygiene as well. We need to to, um, be really good stewards of what we're taking in. And that goes with that, that applies to social media. And one thing is that I think that's really important to is there's this whole kind of movement. I've seen a lot of people write about, oh, and just go through and delete anyone that's toxic in your feed or delete any toxic content. And when I see that, it reminds me of this piece that I wrote a couple of years ago for Oprah Daily on narcissism, the true meaning of narcissism, because in our digital age, there's so much misinformation on social media. Yes, there are a lot of, it's given a lot of brilliant experts a platform, uh, but it's also made a lot of space for misinformation. And I noticed during that research that there's like all these people who thinks who they think that they're an, an expert on narcissism, you know, and there's all these quizzes. Are you a narcissist? Are you dating a narcissist? Are, do you have a friend who's a narcissist? And the truth is, is that only like 1% of the population actually has narcissistic personality disorder. Now that exists on a, on a spectrum, but I share this because the same thing can be applied to the buzz term toxic people. And there's a lot of encouragement to when you're sort of taking charge of your social media feed and you're wanting to clean it up. And it is your responsibility to, to be really, really vigilant about vigilant about what you're taking in. But to understand that you're going at it from a, a gentle place of I am caring for myself, I'm being kind to myself, I'm taking responsibility for my own weaknesses, vulnerabilities, shortcomings, and it's not about exiling or pinning someone as toxic and deleting them on social media and just doing this big sweep on social media. For example, let's say that there's a girl on social media that you see, and she is really passionate about fitness and really passionate about clean eating. And she shares, you know, videos or reels of her workouts. And she shares like her smoothie bowls or her healthy recipes. And for one person that could be extremely inspiring and that could be really helpful. But if a person, let's say that a person is in a season and they've struggled with disordered eating or body image issues, it's going to be toxic for them. Doesn't mean that that person posting is toxic, that their intentions are toxic, that what they're doing is wrong, but you, it's important for you as you take responsibility for your own well-being and you you be mindful about what you need and what's good for you to say you know what maybe that's not what i need to follow right now maybe this is not right for me you could also flip that around and say instead of if someone does unfollow you if people unfollow you when you share content when you're sharing yourself authentically as authentically as you can because let's face it all social media is everything even the most raw stuff is posted with an audience in mind you know so that's important to to keep in mind but if you're sharing yourself authentically and you're showing up in the best in a way that's healthy for you and if people unfollow you it's not necessarily an attack on your character it's not an attack on who you are it just might be that the things you're talking about what you're sharing is not right for them Or sometimes it could honestly even be an accident. Do you know how many times I accidentally start following someone and then 
they post something and I literally don't know where they came from. And so I have to unfollow and they might happen to see that someone unfollowed them and that was me. And that's because I accidentally followed them in the first place. So I could be as innocent as that. And actually nothing that you even posted meant anything to them. Yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is that we don't need to let it dominate our sense of value. Mm -hmm. Don't let it dominate your sense of value. Don't let it be the totality of your relationships, the totality of what, of how you feel about yourself, of your self-esteem. Don't look to social media for validation, for self-esteem, for worthiness. Let the things that you see online inspire you. It should inspire you like, Ooh, awesome. I want to go to Bali. I love her pictures. Oh my gosh. I want to make pumpkin chocolate chip cookies in October or Oh my gosh, I want to try that workout. Let it in, let it drive you further into living is what I'm saying. That should be how you determine your engagement on social media. Is this enhancing my life? Is it pulling me further into living? Is it is it inviting me to live more vividly in real time, in real life? Or am I using this as a means of escape? Am I using this to to avoid something? Yeah, or like you said that or am I using this for validation? Yes. Because if you're not getting it elsewhere, social media is an easy place to go to try to get it. But then it might get pretty scary for a second if you then feel the rejection when you went there for something else. And then you're trying to dissect all of that. And thank you for sharing that and saying that let it help you live life more fully. Because, you know, I had to go through and do some some clean out, but you're right. Like what is quote unquote toxic for me because I am in eating disorder recovery may not be for, you know, my sister or one of my friends that has never dealt with any body image or disordered eating issues. They might be able to follow that person. So you really have to use your own discernment in what is going to be best for you. And I came across something today that actually got me really excited. And I texted myself the link because I'm going to write down a recipe. I think it was, I don't even know if I follow this person. It just showed up as a suggested reel. And I think her name is Eden Eats. She clearly has a little bit of a following because I ended up going to her page, but, and she must be like a cook or maybe she has a cookbook. I don't know, but she had this corn salad and it's vibrant and full of colors. And it's obviously got corn and cilantro and radishes and other greens and yeah everything like I can't tell you're excited look at your face right now you're so excited (laughs) yes like I want to make that salad and she said in the caption you will not want to eat another salad for the rest of the summer so you know and so I'm excited to figure out if that statement is in fact true but I'm excited to make the list and go to the grocery store and get all that that amazing nutrients and put it into my body. And it's cool because I don't know who this person is, but she posted this and I get to benefit from it. And so that is something that I pulled from social media today that is giving me life and, and feeding me and it will literally, Mm -hmm. but I want all my content to be, it's probably not going to make me smile that big, but you're kind of right. Like pay attention to what is like getting you excited and what is not. Yeah, that's it. It should invite you just like anything. Like I said, it's your responsibility to care for the miracle that is your life. Like you are, you're, you know, this, you are a miracle. You're a walking miracle. It is your responsibility to 
make yourself happy, to take care of your, your emotions, take care of your mind. And if something is preying upon, or, or not even necessarily preying upon, if something is fueling something that you're, you're a vulnerability that you're struggling with, don't subject yourself to that. Don't put yourself in the way of that. That doesn't mean that, that the, 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 there's a negative intention behind the person who posted it. It could be a medicinal for someone else, but if it's not for you, you need to be aware of that and know that and, and not have weird feelings around that. And also know that, you know, it's, I feel like social media is such a false metric for worthiness and popularity and just know that that's not so that not to, not to take things so personally, you know what I mean? In, in terms of your, your social media content, what you're sharing and, and exchanging. Like in regards to how many likes or comments you might get on a particular post? Yes, that exactly. That's what I mean. So much of, and I I'd like, I'm so cautious to share, but I think it's important to share. So much is contrived and inaccurate. You know, like I said, a few minutes ago, even the most raw and vulnerable and honest of content is released with an audience in mind. And I'll tell you a quick story. I, have a lots of relationships with public with publicists because of writing for so many magazines and, and media sources. I have to interview a lot of experts, um, a lot of experts in mental health and entrepreneurship and you know women's health, women's empowerment. I do a lot of content in those areas. And a while ago, I had a publicist who I'd worked with and had a great relationship with say, Hey, you know, I've got this new client, this new expert. She's written a book, a best-selling book, vet her. And let me know if you would like to meet her and have coffee with her because you might want to work her into some stories or use her as an expert for some, maybe some relationship related content. It's like, sure. You know, I, I get a lot of this. I vetted her and I was so impressed with her. Went to her website, went to her social media. She just looked so full of life and she's got this best-selling book. And from, in a lot of ways, even though we do very different things, I was like, oh gosh, like that's inspiring me, you know, because as, as a writer, like she's in many ways, like I, I'm very inspired by her career and what she's created for herself. And we ended up meeting. And as it happens, we, she ended up confessing to me that her best-selling book status was not even real. It was completely fake that she had paid for it she was in a lot of debt. She was, had all these struggles. And all I could think was, my gosh, I was on your social media this morning and you look like the picture of success. And like, you're just creating all this content on the art of manifestation, manifest your dreams. And, but behind the scenes, there was, she was going through a very hard time and was really struggling and had confessed that she had a lot of pressure from her team to do some of the things that she'd done. And she was really regretting it. And she was feeling like she was living a lie. And so I share that that is not something that I come across every day by any means, but if you are comparing yourself to someone in social media, someone that you, you know, whether it's a celebrity or an influencer or, or an expert or any, any, maybe someone you went to high school with, I don't know. And you are comparing for one thing, you don't even know that what they're sharing is even the truth. You don't know what demons they're fighting behind the scenes, what's going on in their relationship, what health struggles they could be having, or even that anything that the glory that they're basking in is even real. So that is really important for us to know that when we go to social media, let it inspire your life, but, but also have a little bit of a lightness 
when you go and, and, and you um, consume information on there. Ah, uh, summer, the best time of the year. Usually it doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices and vacation disappears quicker than ice cream melts. But what if summer doesn't have to come with a scorching price tag? What if there's another way? With IKEA, your plants can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Dreamy getaways can mean the perfect reading nook right outside your window, picnic in the shade, or taking your morning coffee to meet the morning sun. Really, any meal tastes better outside. Create that summer escape for family and friends and start planning a better, more affordable summer right now. You can be the host with the most and the least worries. This summer, make your doorstep the perfect vacation destination with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. A friend was over for dinner the other day, and, you know, we were just making conversation around the table, asking questions. And this friend said to my daughter, like, hey, what's something that makes your mom happy? And her response without missing a beat was clean countertops. Wiping down the countertops is a simple way for me to reset, especially when the smell is just right. And by smell, I'm talking about coconut. Coconut scented Clorox Sentiva is my go-to. And I personally love that she answered that without hesitation. That means she knows me well, and that's really special. And of course, yeah, I do love clean countertops. I love wiping them down. I will always choose the smell of coconut over anything. I don't know what scent matches your vibe, but there's coconut, there's grapefruit, there's lavender. And again, for me, it's always going to be coconut. My kitchen smells like a little tropical vacation when I use it. And I love that with Clorox, I know I'm getting a really good clean as well. So it's a powerful clean and a refreshing scent. Clorox Sentiva cleans like Clorox and feels like confidence. You can get yours now at a retail store near you. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like I want research. I want to know like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. The results... Well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my Ritual Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption 
of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. What are your thoughts on how we have put, and I say we, maybe other people haven't, but somewhere in my head, not that I guess I just assume others are thinking this way. I'm not saying I judge people based on this, but this is what I think is happening. Now there's all this credibility in your social media following. Like there, even though we know it may not be true, there's so much weight. Like if you're thinking about maybe working with someone or I have someone that writes books and she said that certain publishers won't even talk to her because she doesn't have the social media following that others have. But what did we do before Instagram? Like people still wrote and published books and books still got sold. So why does it matter how many people you have on your Instagram page as to whether or not you're qualified to, to write a book and talk about something meaningful? It doesn't, but it's social media has changed the fabric of the way we interact with yeah, but, each other. But, but why does it have so much weight in such a short amount of time? I agree. And yeah, I mean, that is such an ongoing struggle for so many people. I had the same conversation. The only reason that I was able to get any attention from publishers is because of borrowed credibility. I don't have a big following. I've never really nurtured. I'm not super consistent on social media for my own reasons. Never had a desire to be an influencer. You know, I want to have impact. I want to share my work, Uh, but it's been a struggle for me personally as well, because I've never, I've never really wanted the responsibility of a big following, to be honest with you. And I think that being in this realm of mental health and and seeing it from all of these internal angles, I've seen that it's not having a big following. If you think for one minute that it's going to satiate you, you are wrong. You are absolutely subscribing to smoke and mirrors because I'll tell you what, this just, this is really relevant to what you were saying. Not long ago, I went to a dinner with a public figure that I'd interviewed for a magazine story. Wonderful, wonderful person, amazing, truly authentic person, has a great, has a pretty big following, but just truly is just as good as gold. I've gotten to know her and um, she was having a a really uh, intimate dinner at her house and had invited several just people that she'd work with. There were quite a few other influencers there, a couple celebrities, and then just a few people like me who were like by far the least famous in the room. And, um, but who she'd work with, who she'd worked with. And we all, there's about 17 women there, all just lovely women. And we each, she each had a stand and share how we knew, how we know, how we, how we know her, um, what we do. And I am telling you, there were one, one influencer, the most famous person in the room who has like 2 million Instagram followers stood and confessed, you know, she said, I always thought that once I got to this certain level of fame and a certain level of followers that I would feel good, that I would be okay, that I would feel like I'd made it, that I would be fulfilled. And it didn't happen 0%. Because the bottom line is that 
you have to live alone inside of your own head for the rest of your life. It doesn't matter how many people you have swooning over your, you know, downloading your songs or liking your posts or following you or, you know, just vying for a selfie with you. You still have to live alone inside of your own head for the rest of your life. And so the the quest for having a big following, the quest for validation, the quest for fame, the quest for influence on social media is a fruitless search. And it's also not even an accurate goal because so many followers are bought. So people have, you know, if you're comparing yourself, you might be comparing yourself to someone who has a publicist behind them. They pay six or seven grand a month to help them or a marketing team or bots. They've, you know, hired a service to, you know what I mean? So all angles of, of that of validation and popularity on social media and using follower count as a metric for um, worthiness is really, really tragic and really, really inaccurate and really frustrating. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you for, for sharing that even just on, for some people, it might not be social media where they're seeking the validation. It might be in other areas of their life, but that, you know, for that reminder that it's all within yourself and I'm going to paraphrase what I saw in JLo's documentary. Have you seen Halftime yet? Yes. Oh my gosh, of course. So good. I think this is when she was talking about different relationships that she had been in. Obviously, a lot of her relationships were always covered in the media. Of course. But, you know, she was like, I feel like I was constantly looking for home with other people. And then she kind of just put her hand on her chest and she was like, but home is here. And she was talking about herself. And I have goosebumps when I say it back again, because at that moment, I just started crying. And I thought, okay, this is amazing. I'm crying during the JLo documentary. But I found the whole thing to be really powerful. I thought, oh, I like JLo. Oh, cool. She got to do the halftime show. This seems interesting. But I took away so much more from that. So I encourage y'all to check it out. Pretty sure it's on Netflix I had the same reaction. I had the same reaction. I I was always liked her. Uh, I was respected her, but I was, I'll tell you another thing that was very illuminating when she was crying about how her lack of like nominations and winning awards. And it's interesting because most people look at her and they would love to have the level of fame and money and power and success and the accolades that she has created. And yet she's having this internal struggle of like, I don't feel like I'm accepted by Hollywood. I don't feel like I'm accepted by my peers, by my colleagues. And so it's true what they say for every level, there's another devil, no matter where you are on this earth. That's just the way that it is. Mm, I have never... You heard? haven't heard that? No. Yeah, for every for every level, there's another devil. Just we always think, I feel like you know, many humans can fall prey to this sort of magical thinking that once I have the child, I'll be happy. Once I fall in love, once I get the best-selling book status, once my podcast gets this many downloads, once I move into this house, once I blah blah blah, then I'll be okay. And the truth is, is that that is something that is within reach at all times, no matter where you are. And it's something that you have to choose and you have to consciously create in your life. It's not something that lands in your orbit. You have to reach into the ether and grab it and and proclaim that for yourself, you know? Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned every time we're posting something, regardless, there's always an audience in mind. Yeah, always. You know, so in a way, it's like social media is our stage and speak to stepping down from the stage 
every once in a while and why that's important for our relationships, our mental health, and just being present with ourselves. Like, like back to my girl, JLo, like connecting with ourselves is just mm-hmm. as important as having that human connection with others off screen. But stepping down from that, does that give us the space and capacity to get to know ourselves better? Well, uh, let me just talk about relationships first. So there was one study, it was a year or two ago that found that 80% of the content that we put out on social media is like, it's, it breeds self-absorption because like 80% of it is about yourself. And that is not natural in an in-person conversation. There's a lot more exchange going on. You usually talk about yourself, maybe a in person, more like 40%, unless you're going through like some, you're meeting with a friend who's going through and, you know, in the throes of a divorce or something like that in general, it's not normal or healthy to be so self-absorbed and to talk about yourself, to show this is what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Social media. So that is, is negative to our relationships. Another thing that is a really great virtue of stepping off of the stage and disconnecting is the way that it forms our relationships. So the thing about social media is that it's actually very unhealthy for our our brains because it allows us to get access to information about another person without us having to share anything about ourselves. So let's say, and and so that's, that's not only unhealthy for your brain, but that's also unhealthy for the future, potentially the future of your relationships. Let me give you an example to, to, so that this makes sense. Let's say that you take your daughter to one of her friend's birthday parties. Okay. You go there and you meet some of the moms and you connect with one of them. You just really like somebody, one of a, a mom that you meet and you guys just really hit it off. You like her vibe. You had a great conversation. You like her energy. She's really nice. You enjoyed talking to her. And then you develop a relationship, a friendship and it's blossoms from there. But let's say that before doing that, you decided you were going to kind of find out who was going and you were going to vet everybody on their, according to their social media profiles before meeting them. Let's say that that mom, before you met her, had posted something on her social media that triggered you. Maybe it, you're bringing a bias to, without you even realizing it to social media and it, it upset you. And maybe you wouldn't have even talked to her in the first place. I mean, maybe you wouldn't want going, you know what I mean? Maybe it could have prevented a friendship. And I say this is because social media is absolutely shaping the way that we form friendships. And it's also, we think that it's creating more connection and it can, but it's how many is it hindering? So that's why it's so important to step off the stage and for, you know, in terms of relationships, and then I'll kind of get to the brain health piece, but it's important to step off the stage and connect with people one-on-one, look them in the eye, feel the experience, their essence. You know what I mean? Connect with them in a deep way without a million distractions. And, you know, because it, otherwise, if you're trying to connect with people online, you're scrolling and you're, you're constantly being tugged in a million directions. Oh, look at this. Oh, look, I got this notification. Oh, this person liked while you're trying to connect or get to know someone online. So that is one reason that, well, there's a multitude of reasons within that why, why stepping off the stage and connecting in the flesh is, is just vital. Another thing is that when we are constantly on social media and we're mindlessly scrolling, it prevents boredom and boredom, believe it or not, is 
wonderful for your brain because it encourages imagination. It kind of forces creativity and imagination and it forces us to not trauma block, but to process things, to sit with things. It breeds inventiveness. So boredom is really, really important. And that's one of the problems that we've had in our our modern day is that we don't let ourselves be bored anymore. Uh, because the minute we do, we just start, you know, or there's a lull in a conversation. We want to pick up our phone and start scrolling again. But the last piece is that having a deeper conversation and a deeper connection, one that causes you to ponder things and, 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 you know, spawns analysis and exploration and connection that is so good for your mental health and your emotional health. It's good. And which is good for your physical health, which is good for your spiritual health. When you're working on one, you're working on it all. And that's just, you can't have those deeper connections on social media. When you're available, you have thousands of people available to you versus when you're sitting at a table with one, two, three, four people. So I'd say my challenge is that to ask yourself, am I doing this to perform? Am I performing? Because if you live a life performing, then one day you will never really lived at all. And so ask yourself, am I performing or, or, or am I living? And to step off the stage and know that one day when you die, the things that you did strictly to perform won't, will be meaningless, but the connections that you made and the love and that you formed will be what matters. Well, so let's say you kind of, for your job, have to be on the stage for a little bit. Is there a recipe for how much or how often you maybe should work in stepping down? (laughs) I think it's different for everybody. I think it comes down to self-monitoring and discipline, which is difficult at first, because when you go to start that self-monitoring, your brain wants to go back to that habit of picking up the phone and scrolling and getting. So there's lots of things you can do. One thing that I think that's super important, and I actually got this from my psychologist friend, Dr. Kevin Gilliland. He said, um, it's, it's amazing. And once you force yourself to look at the data, to look at the numbers, <laughs> then you can't hide from them. So check your social media activity, look on your phone, on your smartphone and say, be honest with yourself. How much am I engaging how much time am I spending on social media versus connecting with my partner and looking them in the eye and having a heart to heart talk with them? How much am I spending on social media versus eating or cooking or working out or gardening or whatever it is that I love so much? What what am I giving more energy to? And and so the first piece is just getting really honest with yourself. And then the second piece is making a decision to, you know, self-monitor, to decide for you what is reasonable and, and, you know, and I also, I'm not a big fan of extreme. I mean, I wrote a book called radical life renovation, but it's all about making tiny choices that create radical results. You don't have to like burn the village down, so to speak, 3% better. So I'm going to get 3% better today. I'm going to spend 3% less time today on social media. I'm going to get 3% better about not seeking validation. I'm going to get 3% better about not comparing myself. Yeah. I think that that's good encouragement. To just one, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Yeah. And so it might be very overwhelming if you look at it and see like, oh, wow, I've been spending this much time on social media, which you can go into your phone, like it does it for you. Like if you've never yes. looked at your screen time, it'll break down how much time you're spending on text messages, on emails, on Instagram, tw- whatever. So you can assess that 
And then just know that, yeah, you don't have to go like go cold turkey, but start weaning yourself off of it because it is an addiction. I don't, did you ever watch the, what was it? The social? Oh, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, That's, it's, it's, yeah. We didn't really get into that, but there's a lot on, and if you want, I can just briefly mention about the dopamine hits that you get when, every time you get that little red notification. And the scary part about that is that the way dopamine works and which is, I mean, that's why people get so addicted to cocaine. Dopamine is your reward chemical. It's that's what gives you that makes you happy. It gives you that surge of happiness, but it is very addictive. And what happens is when you get that dopamine hit, you crave even more of it the next time. And then it takes something more to give you that same hit. In other words, like if a person is becomes addicted to cocaine, the next time they're going to need a little bit more to get that same high. Same with social media. Maybe you share something and you get an insane number of likes and shares and comments or and praise or validation, and it gets you high. It gets you that dopamine hit. The next time you're going to need a little bit more. Or what happens when the next time you post a picture and it doesn't resonate with people as much, it doesn't get the attention then you have a dopamine withdrawal and dopamine withdrawal can cause anxiety, depression, stress, agitation, feelings of low self-worth. So it's just really important. Again, it all comes down to self-monitoring and being very vigilant about the energy and the ideas and the beliefs and the expectations that you bring to your social media life. Let it inspire your life, not devour your life. I love that. Let it inspire your life, not devour your life. And I, I looked it up real quick because it's been a minute since I watched it and it was on Netflix and it's The Social Dilemma. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if people want to watch that, you may even want to watch it with your kids. It can be a healthy conversation for your family to have because I know social media is so big with kids right now, but I'm pretty sure that the creators of these apps said in this documentary that they don't allow their kids to use it. Yes. And, it, and, and it, yeah, they, they did. They did say that. Well, because, and the creators of Instagram admitted that they knew what they were doing, that, that the dopamine hit, that it would become addictive. They actually knew what they were doing, which is really scary. Yeah. Like even how you have to scroll up with your thumb, like there is some weird connection, like there's a reason why you're scrolling up and there's something about your thumb. Like when you're scrolling, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was in yes. that documentary or another thing that I watched, but Nothing that we're doing within these apps is by mistake. It is all calculated. Yeah, absolutely. And also it's really scary for kids because kids and and teens don't yet have the emotional processing ability that adults have. They haven't really garnered that sense of resilience yet. So they're very, very vulnerable to the highs and lows and and emotional whims of of social media, which is why there's been so much self-harm suicide in response to cyberbullying, it's terrifying. Oh, yeah, I know. It's like, well, and we've just got to learn how to navigate these waters because social media is not going away. And so if we yeah. want to protect our mental health and the health of our children, we just have to keep talking about it. And I'm thankful for people like you, Lacey, that dig in and do the research and talk with the experts and put out articles you mentioned a few in our chat and I'm going to link those in the show notes if people want a way to just have an easy way to go find them and click on them so they can read them. I'm so glad you were able to come back on. I always enjoy chatting with you. And before we go, I would love to hear four things that you are thankful for today. I know you did it last time you were here, but today might be different. 
my gosh, I could list 40 or more. I'm so grateful for so many things right now. I am grateful for um, this mug of honey lavender tea that I'm drinking that is so good. (laughs) Uh, I am grateful for my new home. My husband and I are moving into a new home on the outskirts of Nashville. I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful for this Tracy Anderson method, which is my favorite fitness uh, method of all time. It's so good for your brain. She's done a lot of research and work with neuroscientists, by the way, I have to give her a plug because I just adore the Tracy Anderson method so much. It is my oxygen. Okay. Number four. Oh gosh. I can't decide. I, I either. Okay. So now can I do five? Yeah. I do. Okay. I'd say four is the rain that we just had in Nashville. I was, oh my gosh. We, we went like 10 days without rain. I don't normally love rain, but we needed rain. My grass needed rain. And then the fifth thing, sorry, the four plus I'll say four plus is this amazing spaghetti recipe that I found online that I'm going to make tonight. You simmer the sauce for like five hours and it's got little like chopped carrots in it that sweetens the sauce and you add a little red wine to it. And it's the best spaghetti I've ever had in my life. Well, so how do we, I mean, you'll have to send me the link and I'll have to put it in the show notes. notes. Yes. The only thing that I'll say, if you put the recipe in the show notes, I don't recommend adding the clove that, um, I mean, some people might do it, but my cousin Ashley did it and didn't like it. And I did it. And my husband gagged and he loves the spaghetti recipe. So just my recommendation, omit the clove, but it is the best spaghetti recipe ever. And you have to let the sauce simmer for five hours and it will blow your mind and you'll never do anything else again. Oh, well, you'll never mix spaghetti another way again. <laughs> I'm glad you shared uh, a fifth thing, which is fitting because that's what I call my Tuesday episode. So that's okay. my bonus episode, the fifth thing. Oh, so nice. it works. Uh, okay. And I'll link that corn salad in the show notes as well for people. Okay. And so <laughs> I love that we're giving some some food recipes. But Lacey, thank you so much for coming back on. And people can get all info about you and links to all the things at LaceyJohnson.com. And that's Lacey with an E. So L-A-C-E-Y Johnson.com. And uh, you're definitely going to be coming back on in the future to talk about who knows what, but I always love (laughs) your insight, your wisdom, and your dedication to mental health and empowerment. Uh, I know that that's, that's your passion. That's your calling and you're so great at it. And I'm super thankful to know you. Oh my gosh. I'm so thankful to know you. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Bye. Okay. Bye. Awesome. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. 
So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. 